I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bum, bum, bumming along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. But we're back to winning ways as well as the Addicts Edge crew out in the battle of the train spotters. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me here uh, online to uh, look back at yesterday's season opener, uh, the win up at Crew. Uh, in one, we've got Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Very well, thank you, Louis. How are you? Not too bad. Did you have uh, enjoy the game yesterday, following it from afar? I mean, the commentary wasn't up to its usual standard, if I'm being <laughs> totally honest. But uh, I don't know, the game was okay. Wins a win in it, and that's the way you want to start the season. Um, so yeah, happy, happy, happy as Larry, uh, whoever he is, and uh, also joining us on the phone. Then the man whose uh, commentary skills were taken to the next level yesterday, as he commentated on a man drilling outside, uh, is uh, Mr. Terry Smith. How do you tell? Yeah, okay. Yeah, my drilling, uh, my drilling voice uh, needs a bit of work. I'll, I'll concede that. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Other than, other than the frustrations of the sound, I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy the the game and the performance yesterday. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think um, a win. Uh, the performance, yeah, all right. I mean, it's uh, it wasn't polished, but uh, we got the win, and that's all that really mattered, I think, especially at the moment. Yeah, yeah, you take the three points any which way you can get them. So in a few moments' time, we're going to hear uh, some form of highlights of the game. Of course, we're going to hear from Lee Bayer, his post-match interview. After that 2-0 win uh, up at Gresty Road, we're also going to hear from Connor Washington, who opened his Addicts account on his debut. Uh, we've got some tweets and emails to come to. And then, of course, we're also going to look ahead to Tuesday's exciting trip to West Ham in the League Cup. So plenty to get our teeth into. Uh, on this week's Charlton Live, tell obviously you were there then. Uh, yesterday, both the goals coming in the first half. Alfie Doughty putting the Addicts 1 0 up sort of midway through the first period after a wonderful ball through from Alex Gilby and then Connor Washington uh, slicing home his first for the club just before the interval. Second half wasn't really too much in it for the Addicts. Uh, crew had a couple of half chances, but overall, I think we saw it out reasonably comfortably. How did, how did you see it yesterday, Tell? 
Yeah, pretty much the same. I think um, it was quite a scrappy affair, um, in my opinion, especially first half, where I don't think either side really got to grips uh, with uh, with the first game of the season. And I'm guessing that's the circumstances around it, with uh, with quite a short a short gap in between the, the last season and this. Uh, maybe not enough time to, to put together um, a proper performance, I suppose. Not enough pre-season friendlies and all that sort of thing. I mean, you consider that crew hadn't played since March. Um, so you'd, you'd sort of forgive them for being a bit rusty. Uh, and uh, I guess we took advantage of that. And uh, even though we, you know, it wasn't probably our best performance you'd ever going to see, um, it was. It, we did enough. And I think um, you, uh, you, know, you can't ask for more than that, especially in the, the situation we're in. Yeah, Tom, I mean, that's what we should talk about. The fact that we are in this situation where, you know, we know what's going on with the issues off the pitch, you know, to, to go and get a result on it, no matter how it comes, is you know quite quite important for morale at this stage in the season. Definitely. You just want to get the season underway and start playing football. And that's where the players can do their talking. And, and ultimately, they did that yesterday. I don't think it was the, the best performance in the world, but it was the performance we needed to get the important three points, I think, was, was obviously vital. Uh, to get Doughty, uh, Doughty up and running and to get Connor off, off the mark for his new club, obviously very important as well. A clean sheet, everyone's going to be happy with that when you look at the defensive, uh, I don't know, frailties is the right word, but the personnel that we're being forced to play at the back four. Um, so yeah, it wasn't the greatest performance in the world, but the three points was, was the most important thing. And I, I know it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. And I predicted 2-0, I think, on Thursday's show. And it was only when I sat down to start watching the game. I thought, why on earth did I predict 2-0? There's no way it's going to be as comfortable as that. And they had their chances, crew, by all means, and maybe should have taken a couple. But um, overall, as I say, we, we got the win. We're up and running. Everything else can kind of tick on behind the scenes. And, and hopefully this week there'll be some sort of good news. Yeah, well, we never know uh, what's going to happen with the takeover. Knowing Charlton, it won't happen for another 15 years. Um, Terry, just before we hear my highlights then, unfortunately, do you want to explain yourself? Value pass yeah. yesterday? Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think we need to speak to someone from the Football League. I mean, the EFL seemed to be uh, stitching, us up, uh, stitching us up left, right and centre. Um, and effectively, I mean, when uh, you know we started and everything seemed OK, we, um, we, uh, we, we did the sound check as normal and we could hear people in the background, which was a bit strange. Um, and I don't know if that had an effect on on the whole proceedings, but uh, just as uh, as uh, I think the ball through from from um, Gilby uh, was uh, was was sent towards uh, Alfie, uh, suddenly started drilling <laughs> in, in the background. Now, quite uh, quite how that's come about, and it, and it wasn't a Charlton thing; it was across the whole. I mean, at first, we thought it was only a crew thing. Some maybe their ISDN link uh, was uh, was going balmy, but it turns out as uh, as I checked this morning and you check all the EFL clubs they all every single one had the same problem so it was something to do with the, the synchronization between the camera the video and the sound and whatever they pressed whatever button they pushed it didn't work and mm. all you got was um, uh, some road sw- uh, some road uh, workers drilling yeah oil. that's uh, pretty much how it happened and you missed uh, I think both goals I think uh, were were um, were lost because of that and then uh, you came back with the second half and nothing happened yeah so there we go unfortunately because uh, the EFL couldn't sort themselves out we haven't got full match highlights we've had to leave it to the professionals here's my commentary of the two goals against Crew Alexander yesterday there's space on the right hand side for Alfie Doughty now in the penalty area this is a huge chance for the Alex and it's Alfie Doughty who puts Charlton into the lead with a calm left footed finish it was a wonderful fall through to the youngster and he pulled it in onto his left foot and slides it beyond the goalkeeper it's Crew Alexander nil Charlton Athletic one Washington tries to nod it down the flag stays down and it's in Charlton double their lead and it's Washington I think at the far side excellent assist from it Oshilajri just nodded it forward and the side footed finish and Charlton double their advantage so there we go just a brief uh, look back at yesterday in terms of commentary just the, the, the two goals um, Terry overall do you think the, the win was deserved I think Crew probably started the better for me and, and had the majority of the openings or half openings in the second half, but we we were the clinical side yesterday, and that that that's what that's I'm hoping that was a sign that we have actually still got just that little bit of quality for this division. Yeah, I think we have to temper that, and I agree with you by the way. But and I think we we looked uh, the more likely from uh, from really from the beginning, even though as you say, crew put us under a little bit of pressure, um, mostly of our own making. I have to say that we um, that we. 
Um, didn't really, as I think I said earlier, we didn't really connect. We didn't really pass it crisply. I don't know quite why that is. Although it was very windy pitch side, it, it, you didn't really feel it when you're up in the stands. But uh, it was quite difficult playing conditions. I thought once we got pitch side after the game, um, and I, I just think that um, maybe are a little bit more experienced. I mean, if you can call that the fact that we got Charlie Barker and uh, Alfie Doherty uh, in the side experience, but I think um, just. You know them coming up from League Two. I think they've got a few injuries as well. I've got some. They had some key players out. I think as well, which didn't help their cause. And I think that uh, we, yeah, we just looked more clinical. We just looked when we when we threatened, we looked more likely to score. And, and I think that's how it panned out. Yeah, it certainly was. And Tom, I mean, let focus on the goals first. That first, that first one, that the through ball from Alex Gilby. That's that quality I was sort of referring to earlier on. You know, he, he, we picked the ball up on the edge of our own area and one one through ball and, and Alfie's there to, to finish the chance and that was a that was a, a lovely one from from Alex Gilby and I have to admit the the early signs I'm seeing from uh, from him including the the game at Swindon last week have been very promising. Very promising, yeah. That's what we've signed him for. Um, I'm sure he's going to weigh in with his hopefully some goals as well. But his key asset is going to be his assists and his final ball. And that was a perfect uh, example of it there. And Alfie Doherty, we know what his pace can do. He got round the back, he got his goal. And obviously he played a, a fair bit of last season, but really started to get amongst the goals towards the back end of the season. And hopefully he doesn't continue that for the next month or so until the transfer window shuts. But then he can score as many as he wants because he really looks like a, a very, very promising youngster. Um, we know what his pace is. Um, and I know at Swindon, I think it was him that went through one-on-one did it was it against Leeds at the back end of last season had a one-on-one as well and I know Bo you referenced that his finishing needs a bit of work but you know he took his chance there and, and set us away and it was that right stage of the first half where I think probably we we shaded it um, but the game was still in the balance uh, and to go one nil up it just kind of settled any nerves um, because it is daunting you know you've come down you expected probably to beat a team that were two divisions below you last season but you don't know how the first game's going to pan out at all. Um, but we, we handled that well. And it was a very composed ball through from Gilby, who's obviously at home at this level. Uh, and a very good finish from, from Alfie as well. And to, as I say, to get off the mark and to just settle us down, it, it was the perfect kind of start to, uh, and then to go on and get the second, obviously. And that really calmed us down. And as Tell said, from then on, second half, I didn't really think much happened in a game, but we, we managed it well. Um, and as I say, to keep a clean sheet with the defenders we had, it, it's very impressive. Mm, yeah, and I think that the, the way the ball was played through to Alfie, I think the angle was perfect for him, wasn't it, Tom, really, with that with that, with that, that finish? You mentioned that one-on-one he missed last week at Swindon, but that was quite a, quite a straight one-on-one with the goalkeeper, if you mean, quite a narrow angle for him. And uh, with his right foot, I think, wasn't yeah. it, as well? So this was uh, yeah a good chance. It was, it was well taken by Alfie. And then, of course, Terry, the second goal. Uh, I guess you have to put it down to the industry of uh, of, of Dejiosha Larger. No question. Yeah, I think the... I mean, going, just quickly going back to Alfie, you're right about the right foot. Both the Leeds one and the one at Swindon were both on his right, whereas this, he came onto it with his left and was able to swing it in. And, uh, and I think that's the key difference. It's clearly more comfortable on his left. And I think uh, that's something he's got to work on, that uh, that right foot. But anyway, uh, on to the second goal. And yeah, and it wasn't just Deji. Um, I think it was Perrington got the first header back in towards the box. And then Deji thought, uh, well, this is mine all day long. And he, he made it his... And um, according to uh, according to Connor, he actually called out uh, Connor's name when he uh, met it with the head, so he knew exactly what he was doing and where it was going. Uh, and then all it needed was Connor to disguise that uh, scuff <laughs> outside of his right foot above the keeper. Yeah, disguise. I mean, that's what I would have called it if it was me. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he's, he's sliced it, hasn't he? And and that and and that's sort of gone. In his benefit, because he admits later, as, as we're hearing in his interview, if he, if he catches that nicely, it probably smacks the keeper in the face and goes out for a corner. But because he sliced it, the keeper's sort of uh, committed to to the save, and he and he's just sort of leaning the wrong way, and it just loops into the back of the net. Tell perfect timing. He just say he was probably just falling away a little bit as it came to him, and uh, instead of meeting it on the full, and as you say, it would have either hit the keeper in the face or gone uh, gone round the down Gresty Road somewhere. Uh, or um, uh, as it happened, it just uh, it just clipped the top of his right boot uh, on on the, off the instep and uh, just did enough to to evade the keeper's hand. It was uh, it, it perfect. The way it came off his boot was perfect. Yeah, it certainly was. So that put us two 0 up uh, just before the break. Obviously, we saw the rest of the of the half out, Tom. And then I don't know. Second half, we had an early chance for for, for Jake Forster Kasky, but other than that, it did, it did feel like the game sort of slowed down. It's not like we didn't bring on attacking substitutes. We saw. 
uh, Chuksanika and Johnny Williams come on in that second period, but it just it just felt like our opportunities sort of dried up and and crew were pushing hard for a for a leveler. And you know Ben Amos had to make a, a couple of saves, one notably from a Mandron header and, and and one shot that clipped the bar from him sort of late on. But overall, do do you think we were be reasonably pleased with how we saw the game out at least? I think so. Yeah, I think Boya is always disappointed, even after a win, really. I don't think as many times I've heard him say it was a perfect performance and he probably would have wanted us to kick on and try and get one or two more. And I know he said we could have been three or four up at half-time even. Um, but all we had to do in that second half was manage it. And, and I mentioned it kind of in passing earlier, but there were kind of maybe two or three key players who I was slightly concerned about. Um, I think Deji Oshilaja, purely because he, he didn't play a huge amount of football last season, Ben Amos behind him obviously played no football last season, even though we know the quality of the keeper he is. And then young Charlie Barker, you know, playing out of position at right back in his first league start at the age he is. You know, I think you'd have legitimate reasons to be slightly concerned about them, not because they're bad players at all, but just because of the reasons I've just mentioned. But I thought Deji made a couple of great blocks, good tackles. I thought Charlie looked really accomplished at right back. Um, and then Ben Amos, as you said there, had to make a couple of good saves and, and did it. And reminded us why he was our number one a few years ago. So would I have preferred us to run out 4-5-0? Absolutely, of course I would. But just to get a win on that first day when you don't know what to expect is the most important thing. And we did that. And now we can, we're kind of up and running, if you like, and we can start to go into this league. And, you know, there's not, it, there didn't seem to be anything amongst that team that was saying, oh, we should have stayed up or we're really disappointed that we're down here. It was very much a, a business performance and accomplished performance and, they worked hard for each other and did all those things that you'd expect to leave your side to do and got the three points, which was all that matters. Yeah, and Tom mentioned there, Terry, you know, one one of the players that, that stood out for us yesterday. When when the team news came out, there was a bit of a de- debate, wasn't there, amongst us uh, upstairs about who would be playing where because we all decided that surely Charlie Barker would be central defence alongside Deji Oshilaja and Prattley would be in midfield with Lapsy at right back. But as it turned out, it was, it was Charlie who went over to right back. So playing in a position that... We hadn't seen him performing yet, but um, again, Bo, we're, we're hearing his interview after why why he chose to stick him there, and boy, he stood up to it like 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 a man and not the seventeen year old boy that he is. It's a strange one. I mean, especially when you consider where we were in the position of the stand, right at the top of the back. Um, you look down on the pitch and you see this uh, this number forty eight, and he just looks a different stature to the person. And you then see when you're pitch side, it's um, it's quite strange. He, he just um, oozes maturity that that you wonder where it's come from. I mean, when he played at centre half in the previous two games, he looked accomplished. He looked uh, didn't look flustered. I'd have to say um, at right back, I think it was clear that uh, it wasn't his natural position because I thought at times he he drifted in field a little bit and allowed. Uh, I think it was uh, Kirk on that uh, their left hand side to to just drift away, and uh, there were a couple of times where he got beyond him. But uh, he got back and, and uh, um, all right, a couple of times he committed himself too early, but he's only 17. I mean, for a 17-year-old for a to even uh, even be put in that position is, is and, and, to, and to play as well as he did, because, you know, I'm, I'm picking out one or two like, small flaws in the performance that otherwise was outstanding. Yeah, certainly was very pleasing uh, display from from Charlie uh, Barker. There is, is there anyone else who really stood out for you? I guess it, we, we've mentioned Ben Amos briefly, Tom, but you know, considering it's his first uh, first competitive, you know, proper proper league game for well over a year for for Ben Amos, Tom. I, you know, he looked he looked himself, and I, I noticed a few fans actually on Twitter who are obviously watching the stream with the uh, sound turned down, Terry, um, yesterday. Um, mentioning about how, how they enjoyed seeing him coming out for crosses and stuff, which is, I remember in his first spell here, uh, that was something that Ben was very good at. Yeah, I thought he had a, a very good performance and didn't necessarily have an awful lot to do proactively. But as you say, when he was called upon, he did it. Um, he made a couple of good saves and, and commanded his area, which, you know, that extra little bit of experience that, that Dylan didn't have, perhaps that's something that you learn to do a little bit more and you learn that that judgment. It's funny that, if there was ever any criticism of Dylan Phillips, and I know that some of it was unwarranted, it was about his kicking. And Ben Amos's itself was was poor at Swindon and then had a couple of missed kicks again yesterday. But again, he's he's not played football for the best part of a year. It's going to take him some time to get into it. But the basics of goalkeeping are, are managing your area, managing your defenders and making saves. And he did all of that. So, yeah, I've got absolutely no problem with him being our, our number one for the season. And I just hope that we can get a little bit more experience in front of him. Obviously, Jason Pierce coming back will be huge, but 
having to rely on Prattley playing centre-back or Lapsley at right-back or Charlie Barker. And again, I said it on, on Twitter yesterday, it's absolutely no discredit to the way he's performed, but it's just not fair on him to suddenly be expected to play week in, week out, which at the moment we're kind of having to do. Um, and he's taking up the challenge brilliantly, as I say, but I just think we need a bit of help and Boya said it himself. But behind them, I think Ben Amos is, is a very adequate goalkeeper at this level. Excellent stuff. Right, let's hear from Lee Boya then. Uh, after yesterday's game, myself and Terry spoke to the Addicts boss and he was reasonably pleased uh, to come away with the three points on the opening day. Yeah. Um, 2-0. To, we played okay I expect us to be a lot lot better than that um, but first game most important thing is that, that you come away with a three point so, and a clean sheet so yeah it was um, it was good I guess you're, you're looking for little flashes of quality and we, and we saw that a couple of times today particularly that, that first goal the ball from Alex Gilby into, into Alfie Doughty yeah and, and that's Alex has, has got that vision you know um, Alfie took it well but the frustrating thing we should have <laughs> we had that opportunity to do that maybe three, four, five, six times in the first half but we, we just didn't make the pass we didn't take care of the pass we won the ball so high so many times um, the traps that we set obviously stuff that we worked on and, and it all paid off but once you win it then you have to you have to punish them. I felt we should have been three, four up half time if if we'd have done things properly. So, but again, first game in, it's it's, it's all positive. Yeah. Do you think the, the lack of a proper pre-season might be why that you weren't quite creating those chances that you wanted, then? Or? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a there's a number of reasons. Um, but the most important thing is that we know that there's there's room for improvement. I see them. They're much better than this every single day. So. Um, Maybe the picture was dry, I don't know, weren't moving as, as freely as we would have would have liked. So, yeah, maybe. We spoke last week about how nice it was to see two strikers up and running with goals and a third one today for with, with Connor Washington getting his first goal for the club. Yeah, he deserved it as well. His work rate was, was really, really good and, and he got rewarded for his work rate. So, um, I'm pleased for Connor. Um, so, yeah, the most important thing is that we... When you get a chance, you take it. And to be fair, that was the only chance he had, and, and, and he took it. So um, yeah, I'm really pleased for him. We spoke very highly of Charlie Barker playing as a centre back last week, but I haven't seen him play as a, a right back before either. And he was very impressive there for me today. Yeah, he done really well. Um, obviously, it's a gamble playing a, a, a kid in a in a real game. In my eyes, this was the first real game he, he played in uh, league game. You know. I, I didn't want to play him as centre half. I didn't think it would have been fair against a big fella. Um, but I know how well he's defended when 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 he's when he's played. So I thought, okay, let's try you out there. We, we could have changed shape if we needed to uh, with the players that we started with. So, um, but yeah, Charlie done really well. So it's uh, unfortunately an indication of where Charlton are as a club at the moment that, that you do need to put 17-year-olds in. I'll ask you the same question every week, but it must be so frustrating as this this delay in the takeover keeps going on and on. It's driving me crazy. We need to, I mean, we just need to go ahead, you know, and, and we've got players lined up. We've, we've got defenders lined up, but we we just can't can't sign anyone at the moment, and it's, it's driving me mad. Um, but. It's, it's good opportunities for players like Charlie to, to, to grab it and like I said the previous two games he's done himself no harm and and um, he, he done really well and, and he'll play again Tuesday Are you kept much in the loop with the the progress of the takeover is it all news to you as, as much as it is to us? Yeah I, I might hear slightly before you but I, I try and stay out of it um this is more important to me what I'm doing here than the takeover obviously that's massive to me but I have to prepare and and I can't get sidetracked with what's going on off the pitch and, and I have to try and keep the players focused on the game as well so um, but I just I just want it to happen quickly if, if it's going to happen just, just make it happen quickly so then we can start rebuilding because that's what we need to do and with £1,300 you ain't building nothing with £1,300 so uh, we, we need this takeover to happen. 
You mentioned Tuesday, of course. It's a one hell of a reward for, for getting through in the League Cup, going back to, to West Ham. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, obviously, I've never... I've been to watch games there when, when I've gone to watch West Ham's 23s, but, but I've not actually been there on, on, on this side or playing side. So, no, it'd be nice. It'd be a good test for the players and... and like when we played Arsenal pre-season, in, in, when we came back from lockdown, it's it's a good test for them to to see what the difference is and what these players will do differently to our players. So it's, it's a good learning curve, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So there's, there's not a great deal of room for manoeuvre within the squad, but I mean, do you, do you think you'll, you'll be making many changes for that, or putting out a pretty? I, I will team? make changes um, f- for sure. I'll, I'll definitely make changes. Levitt here, here start I'll give him that's like this one he'd only trained with us two days Thursday Friday so it wouldn't have been fair to, to just throw him in the deep end like this but but nah he'd have another couple of days with, with us training and then so he'd, he'd be in on, on Tuesday Lee you just said you, know, you may not be the, the happiest in, in the performance it was slightly strange although second half I thought we controlled it mostly but <clears throat> before we came up here um, with the disruptions you've had and the, the limited squad availability you'd have probably taken 2-0 wouldn't you? Oh, for sure for sure like a clean sheet is, everyone works hard for that you know um, I think Ben helped us on, on crosses a lot because uh, we, again we ain't the biggest of sides but um, yeah Dan practically sliding in centre half and it's like he looks like a season pro there he's been playing his whole career so um Good result, good result. Performance, we will improve. I, I believe, like what was the same as two years ago, we will get stronger as the season goes on. This is day one, and there's going to be some strange results today. But but um, most important thing is that we we get the three points, and that's what I said to him. You, you've given me what I asked for, and that was the three points. I have to put a, put put aside what the way we played and, and the, the ne- negative things that we done wrong at times, but things that we just keep working on. Potentially that's uh, as a result of, uh, <clears throat> I mentioned it um, in the press on Thursday, you know, you've know, got a side like Crew coming up from the, from League 2, they, they're going to want to impress, they're going to chase, they're going to harry a side that they see as a uh, you know, championship club for all intents and purposes, so it was always going to be a, that type of affair, do you think? Yeah, like, well, I think it was the same when we played in, in this division two years ago, Like everyone seemed to turn their game up when we played them, and, and that's, it's going to be no different now. So we, we have to be ready for that and, and to come to places like Crew who try and play football, that they was really neat and tidy at, at times and, and they caused us some problems. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we have to be ready for this and to come here and, and take away the three points is, is a very good result. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers with a header. And it's John. Yes! Yes! Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. John has scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Gets it. Come on. What a time to be here. Wembley. Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live.
Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Uh, it's a podcast this week, of course. Don't forget, uh, throughout lockdown, we've been uh, recording remotely, uh, and that will be the, the case for the foreseeable future. But thanks to everyone who's uh, downloaded us. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Acast or iTunes or anywhere else. Uh, and you'll hear more from Lee Bayer, like we just did there. We heard from Lee Bayer after yesterday's game. Uh, Tal, uh, <laughs> he sets very high standards, doesn't he, Lee Bayer? And you could hear that, you could hear that in, in, in what he was saying after yesterday's game. And I think that uh, that's the reason why a lot of people have said uh, over recent weeks he's maybe looked a little tired or, uh, you know, he's come across as, as maybe a bit stressed out because, um, and, he, and he said uh, in many statements that, you know, he give him the tools to do the job and he knows he can do it. And I think uh, you're right, he sets high standards not just for the players uh, under his charge, but for himself. And so when uh, when you're not given the tools and when you know you're a bit uh, hamstrung and arms tied behind your back, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have an effect because uh, you can't, you can't achieve the standards for yourself as well as your players that 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 you want and you know you can you know you can achieve. So, um, I think we've said it quite a few times in the in the time he's been here and certainly during his managerial career with us, is that there's very few occasions. I think you can probably count them on half the fingers in one hand, uh, when a team has gone out and you've thought they haven't really put a shift in. Because I think there's one thing that you're pretty much guaranteed from a Charlton side under Lee Bowyer, and that's they'll uh, they'll leave everything out on the pitch. So yes, we might lose, we might not have the quality at times, but generally speaking, they're always going to give uh, give hundred and plus percent, whatever whatever they can squeeze out of themselves, because uh, Lee Bowyer demands it, and he wouldn't accept anything less. Yeah, he certainly uh, certainly does, and uh, as you heard in the interview there, you know, please please to get the points, but. Um... You know, obviously, like we're talking about his high standards, but obviously, deep down, Tom, with with, with everything that, that that goes on at the moment, that it always comes back to where we are as a football club, uh, and and the fact that the takeover is still yet to go through. Dif- I mean, I asked Bo if he, you know, how, how sort of in the loop he is with all these things because it's it's hard enough trying to keep up here when it isn't your your livelihood that depends on it but i mean it is so it must be so frustrating for Bo because he he probably looks at that that squad he's got and those signings he's bought in like gilby and and washington and, and the young lad levitt who we're going to see at west ham and thinks you know i've i've got a spine here i've actually got something to work with if we can add some meat to the bone so it must it, it must he must be pulling his hair out yeah it's hanging over Everybody, isn't it? It's hanging over the entire club. And Tell referenced it earlier. I mentioned it on Thursday that having seen him at Swindon, he did look like a tired man. And he's clearly a glutton for punishment because I've questioned why he's still here several times. But I think we, we've spoken a little bit about that. And look, he just needs that little bit of help because they've shown time and time and time again in the relatively short time they've been here that him, Steve Gallen and Jacko can bring good, experienced, quality players in and good youngsters as well and improved players when they're here. And you probably need, what, four or five more at least to make a competitive squad. But a couple of defensive players, even that would just give so much more depth to that back four so that we weren't relying on the likes of Charlie Barker or a 75-year-old Darren Prattley playing out of position. And it's just not fair on those players. So I understand his frustration and, and it's the same with all of us. You know, you wake up, you refresh social media and you think, right, where's it going to go today? It, it's that much of a, a the forefront of everything that this club is doing that for 90 minutes yesterday, it was actually nice to just watch some football and just take your mind off it. But the moment the game finishes, you know, you guys are asking questions to Bowyer about it and rightly so. There's talk of whether Thomas Sangard is there or not. There's There's all this stuff buzzing around and... Until that's cleared up, you know, that's going to be the the focus, unfortunately, for this club. And to manage in that scenario and those circumstances, it must just be such hard work. And I'm not surprised he looks a little tired. But as I say, we we don't know where it's going yet. And there doesn't seem to be any end in sight as far as we're aware. But if and when the takeover does happen, it would just hopefully just give us all that that chance to just enjoy football again because Nathan and I have said it on so many Thursday shows we don't come on here to talk about ownerships and and takeovers I don't care who owns the club I want to come on here and talk about football and just we just don't get that opportunity at the moment unfortunately because that is the the focus at the moment and the the sooner it's done the better obviously but I think to to have got a side out there yesterday and got a result is, is no mean feat and he deserves a huge amount of credit for that and hopefully he gets that help he needs in the coming weeks. Yeah, because I mean, Bo was saying during the during the week, tell that it, as it stands, you know, the, the current squad will not be 
challenging for the top two, unfortunately. Uh, it, was a, it was a lovely win yesterday, but uh, over the course of a season when, when your suspensions and your, and your injuries start to take hold, as, as we've seen every year ever, it seems, but particularly last year, then, then, then it's going to be tough. Uh, it, it's almost impossible as well, Tell, to try and picture what the exact phase is at the moment. I think there's probably an assumption that, well, I think, I think we know that, that Thomas seems to be waiting for the EFL, um, there's probably an assumption that they'll be waiting to find out what happens in this court hearing uh, in midweek because they don't really want to be signing off a, a takeover and saying, yeah, you're fit and proper to own the club, to someone buying it off someone without actually realising who exactly owns it in the first place. Yeah, yeah well, I, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about that, but I mean... Earlier on, if if we go back at you know rewind a touch, everybody was saying that the reason that we uh, we had so many people and, and people have called them chances, there are other words uh, that have come into our club and have uh, owned our club or not, as the case may be, is and and how do EFL allow such things to happen? Is because the EFL have no say in who owns the club. It's not their remit. All they have to care about is that uh, the people who own the club pass the uh, directors' test. You know the officials and directors' test. So. I'm a bit perplexed as to how now somehow the EFL are being, you know, we're being told, and how true it is, we don't know, of course, but, you know, we're being told that the possibility of the delays because the EFL are suddenly now interested in who owns us and, and that they've got to be, uh, you know, d- decent people. Well, hold on, you can't have, <laughs> it's either one thing or the other, you can't have both. And, and, and as much as I actually don't mind it, but uh, it's a little bit too late, isn't it? Uh, you know, they should have done that six months ago. Well, this time I, I think it's people trying to go around and do it the right way. So you know, Thomas Sangard doesn't want doesn't want to be the owner of the club without having his EFL. Whereas if you're coming in to do naughty things with the club, then you don't really care whether the EFL. So you're just coming and do it anyway. And I agree with you 100. I wasn't actually complaining about this stage. I'm I'm a bit perplexed as to why they didn't do it the first time around. But um, I think I've got a bit. You know, I have got a bit of an inside knowledge on this. I think um, that, uh, and this is a bit of a scoop, by the way, uh, that uh, they're waiting. Obviously, the people have said they're waiting for the EFL to sign it off, and that is a fact. I can tell you that. The problem is someone buried the pen. Uh, that is used to sign these things, and uh, that's why you heard the drilling noise yesterday. Is uh, is there's people actually trying to, find <laughs> uh, and it's quite deep, and that's why the, the noise uh, happened for quite so long. Well, there we go, an exclusive here on Charlton Live. It's ages <laughs> since we've had one of those. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I, I had an absolute heart in mouth moment yesterday. I, I know there was a rumour going around that Paul Elliott was going to attend yesterday's game, and I don't think there was ever any substance in that, but. Um, uh, at, at the full time of yesterday's game, I, d- I just saw all the. There was a few big wigs sitting there. I, I didn't see many from Charlton, uh, but there, there was just people exiting the stands who were there in the various directors box. And I just for fifty like half a second, I was like, "That's that's Matt Southwell." <laughs> and uh, I was looking at this guy. I was like, that's, that's Matt Southwell. And then he, he turned around. And it wasn't him. But God, I was I, I, I had absolute heart in mouth moment there. And uh, imagine if it was. Imagine if he turned up after everything. Uh, that he's done to the to, to the club, um, who knows? And also, I managed to get locked in yesterday as well. Tell that that was one of the more more confusing things about that stadium is how you get out of it. Because me and this other bloke were locked in there for about twenty minutes trying to find out, and there was no one no one left from crew to let us out. I got I got to be honest, that cheered me up no end on the drive home. <laughs> the knowledge that you were trying to get out uh, that actually happened to us at Northampton last time we were in League One we had to get uh, um, let out by the kit man about uh, two hours later than we probably should have done because everybody had locked up uh, and, uh, and <laughs> so I sympathise I feel your pain because it's happened to me before but it uh, it was still quite funny yeah oh, it's just the fact that this this other journalist was there he was literally talking through the, the fence to local children walking past asking him to can you go and knock on the door and there was there was no one there and we were, we were, in the end, he found like a turnstile that had a lock, like just a slide lock on the inside. And so we had to go out that and we we're like, well, now the stadium's left open. So I don't know if anyone else had got in after we left. But anyway, uh, let's have a look at some of the uh, the tweets and emails that came in uh, after yesterday's game. Let's... Uh, uh, look at the tweets first. Dan says, uh, really pleased with the three points and the clean sheet. Hopefully Washington's performance is a sign of things to come. We just need the court case to hurry up and hopefully go our way so we can get more bodies in to bolster the squad before the next injury crisis in both. We trust you. Yeah, Terry, what did you make of, of Washington all over? I mean, we've spoken about his goal. Um, what, what was his, your, uh, your uh, reaction to his overall performance? 
Yeah, well, you were saying earlier on about uh, who were the standout performers, and and obviously, you know, we've mentioned Charlie Barker, and quite rightly so. But I actually thought the movement of Connor Washington was encouraging yesterday. There are there are times that, it, unfortunately, I, th- I think at times his movement almost encourages a long ball, which I'm not sure he necessarily wanted. Um, and I actually watched the Northern Ireland game in the week, and there was a similar thing where he makes those runs not necessarily for himself, but to sort of drag defenders away to hopefully allow other other players to move into the space behind him. Um, so the only thing it's going to take a little bit of time, I think, for the for the side and for the squad to to just get used to the, the way Connor plays because um, he you know his his movement off the ball and his movement into space, I think, will will is certainly going to cause defenders problems in this league, and I think. Um, you know, it bodes well for the future. I, I, I was really um, impressed with Connor's uh, Connor's play yesterday. Yeah, excellent stuff. We'll see. Uh, we we'll hear what his goal target is. I think I might cut that out of the interview. But he's basically saying about how he wa- he wants to get into double figures uh, this season. He hasn't actually done that for about five or six years. Last time he was in League One with Peterborough, he got seventeen in all competitions. So he'll be eager to get back on the goal trail off to a good start there. Right, John uh, tweets in. Uh, Welcome back. Question, please. Can you bring players in and call them player coaches to beat the salary cap uh, once the embargo? Is lifted, of course. Have a good show. I mean, Tom, we, we, we're trying to think of all sorts of ways to get around the uh, the embargo. But I'm sure if there was a, a loophole that we would have found it by now. Well, considering we've got a, a coach and assistant manager who weren't playing that long ago, you'd think even Boya, you know, if, it, if worse comes to worse, get those lads to get their boots on. Um, yeah, we do need to find ways around it. And obviously Boya has done that with Charlie Barker coming from the under-18s, um, has bypassed some sort of loophole as well. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we just talked about the takeover there. That, that's the position we're in at the moment. We've just got to do it any which way we can. Uh, and hopefully that changes soon. But the frustration, as Boya has referenced several times, is that he's got players lined up ready to come in, people ready to sign on the dotted line. But it's on the understanding that they're getting the salary cap and not the uh, watered-down version that we're currently having to offer. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, unfortunately. I think I said it on Thursday that going forward, I like the squad that we've got. I, I still don't think necessarily it's deep enough for a campaign, particularly if we had an injury crisis like last year. But going forward, we've got good good players. It's just at the back that, that concerns me a little bit because that, that depth just isn't there. But it's going to be an interesting two or three weeks and, and we'll just have to see where we are come, is it October 5th the window closes and, and see where we are then. Yeah, I think October 5th, I think there's some sort of extension for perhaps internal deals after that. But yeah, it's certainly in October that the, the transfer window will close. Right, uh, Will Bolland says, keep the faith as always. Uh, there must be a point where even Will will start to lose the faith. Uh, but we're still keeping it as it stands. Tom says, uh, considering we had a makeshift defence, we were relatively comfortable for most of the afternoon. If Sangard takes over, then hopefully we will be in for a good season. Stephen Mummery says, uh, great to get away with the three points from... Gristy Road, uh, less great that you managed to get away. Well, I did escape, Stephen. They can't keep me, <laughs> can't keep me in there forever. Uh, I should have gone into the ice cream van stand really and see if I could have helped myself when I was locked in. But no, I, I, I did, I did manage to break my way out of there. Right, Tony out in Spain says a good first game yesterday from Charlton. Uh, completely agree with Bayer's assessment. We could, should have had five or six goals in the first half. An impressive debut displays from Barker, Washington, and Gilby. Some great saves from Amos too. Hopefully, we can strengthen before the window closes. Paul says that he was really impressed with Gilby. Uh, could have done with his passing range last season, but glad to have got him now. Alex says, uh, always important to get off to a good start. Washington debut goal was great to see, and the squad is hopefully only going to get stronger. Having Boya still in charge is hard for me to grasp still, but let's all go along for the ride once again up the addicts. Monty says uh, a solid start. Our front three will cause most teams problems. Uh, feel we lack something in midfield. The defence performed admirably. Uh, the squad needs improving. Though actually, uh, one one player I want to ask you about, Tail, was was Maka. McCauley Bond yesterday. I just remember at one point in the second half seeing him trying to chase down a, a loose ball and looking looking rather frustrated. What did you make of him yesterday afternoon? He's working hard, which I think is what Bayers wanted to see a bit more from him of. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think um, I, I agree with both of those points. I think he did work hard. He did. Uh, he was up against um, Omar Beckles, who's, who's decent in the air and, and a good player at this level, by the way. Uh, surprised he went to crew, I've got to be honest. But um, they, you know, I think the partnership between him and 
and, and Connor Washington's got to take a little bit of time. It's not going to click straight away. Uh, and I think uh, I look forward to that. They've just got to know who's making the runs, who's not. I think there was a times when they were sort of making the same run. Uh, and we were still, every now and again, because we got a little impatient, we were still lumping the ball up to... to um, uh, to McCauley to see if he could flick it on rather than rather than playing it on the floor, but you know that'll come. I think you know the, the rustiness and, and and players getting used to each other um, is going to happen. <clears throat> and I think with uh, you know with Conor and, and you know let's not discount Chucks uh, Chucks and Ike because um, I think he could be uh, he could be a force in this division as well, whether uh, whether from the start or off the bench because he's he's got that physicality that I think um, could do well. So. Um, I, you know, I think uh, you know McCauley will be all right. I think we um, we probably didn't play to his strengths yesterday. You know, um, and and get wide often enough and get balls into the box for him. So um, there, there'll be games like that, but but there'll be games where um, where we will service him properly and he'll get goals. Yeah, I do fancy Maka to get a fair few uh, this season, especially if he's finishing the cup game at Swindon uh, was anything to go by. Right, Phil says uh, on the takeover, we need to keep calm. There are NDAs in place and court cases, so nobody can give any details or they could jeopardise the whole thing. On Tuesday uh, will be an interesting test, but our priority and focus uh, must be getting back uh, to the Championship and then the Premier League. On yesterday's game, it's nice to see Gilby uh, passing the ball in front of Doughty for him to run onto. So many passes are made to feet or behind the player, stopping all momentum. Hopefully a sign of things to come. Uh, also, it was a good run and a good finish. And finally, Muzzer Jazz says, I, don't, I didn't think we played that well. Uh, we didn't hold on to the ball. The makeshift defence is a concern. Bose has done wonders, though, as usual. Let's hope the takeover gets done ASAP and the embargo lifted ASAP as well so we can put a competitive team together and move forward up the Reds. Cheers for your tweets, uh, everybody. Let's uh, hear from uh, one of yesterday's goal scorers, shall we? Uh, Connor Washington, of course, being away uh, on international duty with a Northern Ireland but he's come back uh, straight into the team for the opening day at crew and uh, his striker was very happy to kick his season off with a goal yeah three points as well doesn't get much better than that tough tough away trip they're going to be on a high obviously getting promoted last year and it's really important we came here and the manager said after the game it wasn't the performance we wanted and we know our levels have got to be a lot better than that but at the same time we've got to take the positives it's three points uh, away from home so and you came uh, into the game after being away on international duty uh, uh, they only played to start after being away on international duty. No, uh, no problems with that. So. No, I felt good. Managed to get minutes when I was away, which was which was positive. Um, obviously, I missed the two games, so it was good to good to get minutes in the both games that I did. And uh, I felt good all pre-season, to be honest. There's no been no fitness issues whatsoever. I felt I felt good. I felt sharp. So I was looking forward to obviously trying to get in the team. You want to talk us through the goal? We saw the, the build-up play was going to two headers <coughs> that uh, opened you up into the penalty area. Uh, talk us through the finish. Yeah, I've got to give credit to Deji to be fair. He's, he's actually picked me out and even said my name before he headed it to me. So I don't think uh, centre half's get enough credit for stuff like that. So uh, that was a great header in. And to be fair, I've tried to get contact on it and slice the life out of it. But they go in. So um, like like you said, it's great to start with a with a goal and, and three points. Probably did you a favour if you'd have made the proper contact. The keeper might have gone straight to the keeper or maybe not even on target. Exactly that. I've had plenty of them where you catch it too sweet. So um, yeah, delighted to have scored and. Like I said, most importantly, the three points and we build and go on to Tuesday now. Obviously, you've come into the side, uh, new player. Um, have you set, settled in OK? It's, uh, no, no issues, I'm assuming, in, in, in your teammates and getting on the ball running. It certainly didn't, didn't seem like that today. No, definitely not. The lads have been absolutely brilliant. It's a great group. I think, obviously, the, the circumstances around everything last year have made a made a big difference but the group's great um, and I think going forward I think we'll be really successful. Obviously fans would have seen you playing against us from time to time uh, and now seeing your players. What, uh, what can you say you're going to bring to the side for the, for the fans watching? To running in behind, obviously the, the goals are something I, I really want to build on and get as many as possible and just helping the team in any way I can whether that be filling in positions or just just running power to be honest getting in behind and trying to create and score goals Do you set yourself any personal targets for, for a season or, or do you just let it come? Yeah just try and get to double figures as quickly as possible and then see where it takes you from there So. Space on the right hand side for Alfie Doughty now in the penalty area. This is a huge chance for the Alex and it's Alfie Doughty who puts Charlton into the lead with a calm left footed finish. It was a wonderful fall through to the youngster and he pulled it in onto his left foot and slides it beyond the goalkeeper. It's Crew Alexander Neil, Charlton Athletic one. Oh, 
Charlton Live. Right, so welcome back to Charlton Live. That was Connor Washington speaking to tell. After yesterday's game, he got his goal. Um, it, it, we're always going to have different types of strikers, aren't we, Tom? So for someone, obviously, who uh, hasn't had the best scoring record over the last few years... Um, you know, he, he he's speaking about how he's going to be running in behind a lot and, and, and trying to help the team. And, and there, there was a couple of times yesterday where I looked up and he was tracking back quite nicely as well. So it certainly looks like Bo's sort of picked out like a, a hard worker that will complement our front line quite nicely. Definitely, yeah. And, you know, we're not going to be able to sign someone who's scored 30 goals a season for the last three or four years, unfortunately. Um, but as you said, last time he was in League One, he did get a good goal return. Uh, and okay, it hasn't worked out for him necessarily since then, but you can see what he what he offers. And you think back to the signing of Josh Parker on loan in the January of the season we went up. You know, it was largely derided because not many people knew who he was or looked at his goal record. And I think even after two or three performances, people were still questioning that. But the impact he had on the team and the the support he gave Lyle Taylor as our goal scorer over those final games was invaluable uh, and let's not forget he won the free kick obviously that we went on to score out of Wembley so he was able to play an important role without actually getting the ball in the net and I think Connor is probably going to do that he strikes me as someone who's going to play slightly wider and it looks from from the TV yesterday that him and, and Darity were playing either side of Maka. Maka is going to have to be I think our main man for goals probably in playing that number nine through the middle role but Connor cutting in from one side, Nalfi from the other. They're the two that got on the score sheet yesterday. And Maka with his hold-up play, they're going to need to be buzzing around him and winning balls from him and, and being direct in their running. And, and I thought Washington did a lot. And OK, the finish itself was a bit scrappy, but you've got to be there and you've got to take it. And he did. And again, to get off the mark already at this stage in the season, it, it will obviously breed confidence in him. And I don't think there's any harm in him just aiming for double figures at this stage. You know, someone you want your number nine to probably go out and get 15 to 20 uh, probably if you're going to be up around the top of the league but I think coming into a new club if he gets 10 or 11 goals uh, and provides the support that a Josh Parker type did for for Lyle Taylor if he does the same for for Macaulay Bond I think we've got a very good player there excellent stuff well let's have a look at some of the emails that have come in as well this is a good one from Dom that I saved from uh, midweek he says uh, as crazy as this sounds and believe me uh, this was absolutely surreal Lee Boyer and his family lived next door to mine uh, for eight months including uh, during lockdown I never wanted to say anything to respect their privacy but I figure it's probably okay to share a memory or two they were honestly the most ideal neighbours we could have ever asked for in fact I said to Lee in our last chat when they were leaving that they were the best neighbours we've ever had on a number of levels Uh, what we really appreciated was how genuine they were as a family uh sometimes successful busy uh people don't make a lot of time for others but it was the opposite uh, was true for them they always gave us their full attention and made an effort to say hi there was one time when my dad's uh, very rickety old car that refuses to replace broke down early in the morning and lee came out and helped him fix it and get started before chatting about the charlton game earlier on in the week before my dad went off to work and lee went to training he always would say hi to us and his wife Gemma was good fun and very easy to talk to it's nice to talk about the fishing reservoirs too as it relates to my uni degree in part their twins loved our greyhound as well there was never anything pretentious or fake about them which we just really appreciated i spoke to lee just before the season restarted and he was a bit apprehensive but thought we would be fine in the end as he put it so it must have been so heartbreaking for him when we didn't quite manage to stay up and i uh, guess that was pretty much clear from his interview after the leeds match anyway i'm sure we're all massively glad to still have him at charlton despite all the nonsense going on we've been so fortunate with all the great people we've had at charlton like lee Bowie. Chrissy Powell and Alan Kirbishley. I'm forever grateful to be a Charlton supporter despite the bumpy rides. Hopefully we'll be able to wave off the banter bus and look forward to a stable future with the Great Dane in the not too distant future. Lovely email. Uh, Dom, it's great to hear that Lebo is a, a, a nice neighbour. I can only imagine like if, I don't know, like if, if you ever got the wrong side of him as a neighbour, Tell I, I wouldn't like the idea of that, but it's, I can imagine he could give you I think we need to check both neighbours. Because <laughs> doesn't, doesn't he live near Glove Pup as well? Because yeah, um, does, yeah, yeah. I think he lives near. I think he tries to avoid him. I think Lebo's probably got him on, a, on on some sort of protection list. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope so. Anyway, that's what I do with Glove Pup. Right, let's have a look at the the next email. Uh, this one's coming from Sam. It says uh, great result to start the season off, but it was a game lacking quality for large parts. The lack of defensive substitutes on the bench really hit home how short of bodies we are. Playing young Charlie Barker against any team with a bit more quality going forward 
is going to cause us issues. Hopefully, Sangard can get the deal done on Monday and we can get more quality in the squad by Doncaster next Saturday. Random rumour of the week, Jack Wilshire to Charlton up the addicts. Yeah, I can't, well, I can't quite see that one coming off. But it's interesting, actually, Tom, what he said there about Charlie Barker against a stronger opposition because I'm not sure I agree with that because I thought Charlie was up, he was up against Kirk the sort of blonde haired uh, winger for crew for the majority of the game and that that that's one of crew's strong points you know they 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 attacked down the wings and I thought you know for considering it was one of crew's better players I thought he dealt with him pretty well for for the majority of the game completely agree I think you have to take his performances on face value and so far everybody has come up against he's handled very very well I think if you look at him on paper, you know, 17, hadn't played a league game before today, um, you're probably going to be wary. But if you ignore all that and just watch his performance on the pitch, I think it's up to somebody to prove him wrong at the moment because at the moment he's doing everything that's asked of him. He's playing out of position. He's playing in League One, which he never would have expected to do. You know, we heard from him after the the Swindon game and he said, you know, I'm, I'm playing against men here. I'm playing against adults and... I'm not used to doing that. And usually people get a little bit of experience with that through the 23s with players coming back from injury or they'll have a, a spell out on loan somewhere in the lower leagues to, or even non-league to get a chance. And he's just been thrown in there. Uh, and I think he, so far, I'm sure there are little mistakes here and there, but you know he's kept a clean sheet there. He wasn't at fault for anything that happened at Swindon and obviously got a goal up the other end there. So I've been very, very impressed with him. And as I said earlier, when I talked about the tweet I put out yesterday, it's absolutely no criticism of him. I think he's handled himself amazingly well. I just don't think it's fair for us to to rely on him and to force him out there week in, week out, because he is still a young man. He is, I'm sure, at some point going to make mistakes. If he doesn't, then good on him. And there's our player of the year sorted. But he just needs, he needs a bit of support and a bit of protection. And at the moment, unfortunately, we're not able to give him that. But if he keeps performing like yesterday and like he did last weekend at Swindon, then good luck to the boy because he, he certainly has looked very solid so far. Yeah, certainly has. Right, Steve, uh, emails in. Welcome back, chaps. Great to hear the show again. Cheers, mate. Uh, a workman-like performance from the team, uh, but three points and a clean sheet is all that matters. Doughty looks like he will be a match winner at this level, but really impressed with Gilby, who could be the goal-scoring assisting midfielder uh, that we've been looking for since JJ retired. Also interesting to see the impact the drop has had on certain players. Deji, that totally lost last season, but very assured at crew. Hopefully the likes of Lapsley, Perrington and Morgan will do the same this season just 45 wins more to promotion I mean you're setting up setting a very high points target there Steve because I, I reckon 40 wins would do it quite quite comfortably um <laughs> Terry realistically so, someone asked me today actually what what they what they thought Charlton what I thought Charlton's aims are for this season and I said it I said that's a question that's impossible to answer at this moment in time because we don't know where we're going to be in two weeks time I'd agree 100%. I think um, you have to wait and see what happens because what uh, where we could finish if you if you said nothing will change from this point forward, then I'd bite your arm off for mid-table uh, obscurity. If uh, if you know what happens that we hope happens in a couple of weeks, then then obviously our sights are going to be set a little bit higher. I think um, you have to be a, a tad cautious, uh, and uh, I do feel a bit sorry for there's a Bolton fan who. Uh, who put um, I think he put fifty quid on uh, on on his on Bolton to go the whole season undefeated in their you know now they're in League Two, uh, and it was five hundred to one, uh, and they fell at the first hurdle yesterday. So, <laughs> so, so he's not got much of a season to look forward to. So I, I just think um, yeah, it's, I, I agree with you. It's an impossible question to answer because there's so much that can happen and change in in a short space of time. Yeah, I, I did like that story about the the, the Bolton fan who. Uh... Who, who put that bet on? It's, it's amazing, isn't it, the way that fans uh, get carried away? But uh, we we saw a great example, didn't we, yesterday, of, of how of how tough a, a time this is for football fans. I mean, for starters, there's hundreds of Charlton fans who wish they they could have come yesterday because cruise a new ground, and, and I'm sure they would have enjoyed it. But I'm sure plenty of you saw that that picture that was doing the rounds yesterday of what of a fan who was. You know, on his step ladder, an old boy who who was uh, watching the, watching the game over the over the the wall at Gresty Road, and it's it's a glorious photo. But what the photo I want to see is of him like forlornly 
going down the steps at like 2-0 at half time and just folding up his ladder because the mighty Charlton have ruined his afternoon when he can't even get in but there we go each to their own right an email comes in uh, from Derek uh, hi chaps really good to have Charlton live back it's always great hearing you guys try to understand legal processes yeah that's a <laughs> not, not 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 usually uh, our forte unfortunately uh, I usually listen to the podcast while I walk the dog and yesterday uh, I listened to a July broadcast by a mistake it was pretty disheartening to hear the concern expressed about our dodgy owners and un- uncertain future obviously it was a while before I realized it was an old broadcast yeah uh, let's hope that finally changes this week yesterday's game uh, I agree 100% with Lee Bayer that we can play better however it was important to just get the win and help the depleted squad build some confidence I thought Deji Oshalaja had a very good game coming up against an awkward center forward he also tacked the ball really well to make that second goal the takeover like most Charlton fans uh, I've got everything crossed that it all plays out well this week and we see Thomas Sangard become the sort of owner we're crying out for it would be the most Charlton thing ever if the takeover goes ahead successfully he invests in the squad uh, Lee Bayer gets the players he's after and then we get relegated anyway Tuesday's trip to West Ham uh, it really just a good opportunity to have a look at the fringe players just kidding I hope we smash them uh, apart from winning let's just try to avoid injuring future Charlton signing Mr. Josh Cullen uh, yeah well let's, I'm sure we'll see him play uh, thanks for a great show uh, just off to take a couple of paracetamol for a headache you see there was this really loud drilling noise yesterday Terry any ideas what, what you could be going on about there uh, it was Greg <laughs> yeah excellent stuff right cheers for your email there Derek and we've got one more that's uh, come in from Tom uh, Mannering and uh, he says a great win and a great start on Saturday I uh, couldn't criticise the team and Bayer's tactics with the players he has and what's going on behind the scenes we scored twice clean sheet and both new signings played well and of course we got three points we go again uh, my question for the lads uh, on the podcast do we go for it on Tuesday against West Ham well Tom you know it's a it's a bonus game Bo mentioned in his interview there that he'll make a couple of changes we'll see the likes of Dylan Levitt um starting the, for the first time it sounds like Charlie Barker's going to get another go, another go as well but I mean, how, how do you approach this game it's like there's nothing to lose really and a, a chance to go and cause a bit of an upset against the West Ham side who've got their own not quite our level but they've got their own problems at the moment I think if we had a, a slightly larger squad Boyer would be putting a, an almost completely different eleven out there. Uh, and that's not to say that he dismisses this competition. Uh, he said it after the Swindon result. You know, I, I put a side out there to win every single week. He's never going to put a side out and hope we lose. But obviously the the counter of, of winning this game or the, the negative, if there is one, of, of winning these games is that it adds another one to the calendar when you've got such a small squad. So... I think he's going to be wary of that, but I think you've just put it perfectly there. There's absolutely nothing to lose. I think he'll he'll rotate a few players um, where he can, as you say. Hopefully, Levitt will get a bit of a run out. Uh, possibly, Chucks will get get some minutes. Hopefully, but his focus has to be the league because uh, that's obviously the the bread and butter. And if we get a takeover, then I think we could be competitive in this league. Um, so I think yeah, it's going to be a great experience for them. I'm sure West Ham aren't necessarily going to be full strength, but There'll be some good quality players in there for sure. And just go and give it a go. It's a great experience. It's a huge stadium. It's a shame fans can't be there because we'd have obviously had a huge allocation, I'd expect, in the Cup and been able to take a few thousand there. So it would have been a great day out, but but it wasn't to be. So, yeah, I think he'll obviously just be fingers crossed that people don't get injured. Um, And if we lose, I'm sure we'll look at the positives. Uh, And if we win... Again, I'm sure he'll be buzzing, but uh, it will unfortunately result in another game. So, yeah, it's it's a funny old one at the moment just because of the where the club are. But as I say, he's not going to put a side out there that he wants to lose. So he'll be going for the win for for certain. Yeah, and uh, I think the winner of that tie will play either Leeds or Hull at home. So one to look forward. I mean, uh, Tom mentioned there, Terry, about how disappointing it is that we, we can't get fans in. I think we, we maybe just touch on the fact that next week is Doncaster at home. Um, which we we kept being told was was likely to be a test event. It's probably quite quite revealing that we we haven't really heard anything about that now, and we're a week away. Um, with with the current situation with with the coronavirus seem seeming to make a little bit of a a comeback at the moment. It's it, I wonder if that's that's put that in doubt. We we we're in a difficult position. Where we still don't know whether we're going to be able to get fans into a game that's happening at home next week. 
Yeah, I, I think if if I was to put money on it, I'd say it was it was unlikely. But I, I asked that question yesterday, funnily enough, uh, and was told that there'd be an announcement. I don't think the club have been told one way or the other yet either. Um, and I think they're they're um, expecting to hear early next week. So um, fans will find out at some point early to middle next week whether or not uh, that goes ahead as a as a as a potential. Um, a test for having fans in how many I'm not sure I don't think the club knows either and how we work it's very short notice if they say on Wednesday or Thursday that you can oh yeah all right yeah you can let people let fans in because you know the club have got to organize themselves properly because of the, the COVID regulation so my um my gut feeling is it probably won't um which is sad uh, but um you know, I think I think uh, I think most people are probably if it if it goes ahead, it's probably best done properly and and uh, allow the club to have enough time to do it properly rather than just rush it because otherwise it could have uh, more serious consequences. Um, and then uh, just my thought on on Wednesday, I'm I'm, I'm torn between two, and I, I wonder if Lee Bowyer is as well. I'm I'm torn between you know sticking two fingers up at the EFL and just playing the under 18s because we know they don't count as a squad. Uh, in the squad numbers uh, and just so putting a kids team out uh, or actually going for it because you think West Ham could be a little bit uh, little bit um, I don't know tender and a little a little bit susceptible because of uh, of the, the situation they're in at the minute yeah and just beaten by Newcastle and to be fair we can't be that much worse than, than Newcastle or West Ham at this moment in time so uh, uh, so we'll see right I think it's uh, about time that we do an end to the show just want to say congratulations uh, to the women's team anyone who heard Thursday's pod I uh, would have heard Jess King after a goal against Palace. Well, she got another one today uh, in the game against Blackburn Rovers. And it just so happened to be a 92nd minute winner. So the girls went and won 1-0 up at Blackburn. Their first league win uh, in 14 games uh, or basically well over a season because they didn't get one last year. So a uh, brilliant start to the season to them. So congratulations. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, when we'll look back at whatever happens against West Ham uh, in the League Cup. We'll also uh, hopefully be discussing about whether fans will be going to the Doncaster game, but we'll certainly be looking forward to that, uh, Donny one. So uh, just want to say thanks to Tom and Terry for joining me uh, on the pod this evening. Cheers, mate. Good to have you on. I've been Louis Mendez. We'll be back here on Thursday evening. Hope you've enjoyed the show, and we'll speak to you again in the week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.